Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. All right, welcome back to your Rob, Ben, and Joe Show here on another football, we'll say, podcast as we prepare for football season, guys. It's here before you know it. This is when it's all getting kicked off. That's what, right. When's it not about football? Uh, the, well, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Especially you know, on this show. That's 12, right. 12 months a year, man. I mean, that's just what that's, that's what we're going to do, you know. Joe, I started the day this morning with a uh, with a lukewarm cup of coffee. Oh. Then I got to work and moving some tires around and stuff. Busted a pit in my pocket, <laughs> ruined my ruined my pants, and then walking through the sh- walking through the shop, hit a dirty mop, soaked the back of my legs with nasty whatever that was, whatever that was. So, I mean, today started about as good as you possibly could imagine. It's you know been outstanding. Saying? Yeah, and I was like, you know, I turned it around though. I saw that's what it's all about. You know, you got to be resilient. So, there you go, Ben. <laughs> sometimes you start rough, but it's how you finish. That's yeah, right. It's how you finish the drill. And we're here. It's all about how you finish the drill. You're Rob Ben and Joe Show. That's your thought of the day. Yes, Brought to you is. by yeah. Bubba's Tire that's Network, One Sports, and Eyeballs Marketing. We appreciate you being sponsors of the show each and every week. Don't forget, find us on Instagram, Twitter at uh, RBJ Show, and Facebook at RBJ Podcast, and of course, streaming online, PowersMediaNetwork.com. And you can download the show on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you receive your podcast today. Don't forget also you can find us 10 a.m. 96.9 The Buzz. Uh, you'll hear the show in its entirety there as well. Going to talk uh, high school football this week, friends, after having on all of our collegiate uh, friends. Uh, we've got high school to talk about today, and we're going to start the show here with the newly assigned HC of the Northside uh, Eagles and Warner Robins there. We have got Chad Allie Good on the phone with us today. Chad, how are you, sir, Coach? Uh, things are good, man. Just looking forward to getting this season started. I hear you, Coach. And you are a, a longtime Northside uh, a fan, I guess I should say, or a brethren uh, from 99 <laughs> through 04 there at Northside before a little step away to Washington Wilkes and Perry and FPD. And then back at Northside as the OC and uh, named the head coach in January of this year. So you've got a lot of uh, Northside in your blood there, don't you? I do. Look, when I got here in 1999, I, I didn't even know what Northside existed, and it didn't take me long <laughs> to uh, to understand how special this place is and how uh, you know I, I I got the opportunity of a lifetime as a 23 year old in 1999 to come to Northside, and uh, I owe that all, all to Coach Nix for taking a chance on me. And um, you know, early on, you started getting the feeling, you know, this place is special, and man, at some point, it'd be awesome to be the head coach here, and it you know worked its way out. 21 years later, and uh, just excited for the opportunity. Well, we are absolutely excited to have you on our show. We love our fans there in the Warner Robins and uh, Houston County area. We have a lot of uh, coverage we we give there to that region, so we appreciate you guys in 6A football. And yes, that's, what, that's what we want to talk to you about tonight, coaches, as we prepare and get right back into football season. 
Uh, we wanted to hear a little bit about what it's going to be like for you running that organization there, 6A. A lot of kids, a lot of students, a lot of uh, moving parts that you've got to, you know, put hoops in front of and then jump through them as you guys get ready to come back to football. So uh, why don't you share yeah. a little bit about that with us? Uh, I, I was talking to uh, a guy yesterday, and he said, well, Coach, how many you got in a program? we got 180 kids in a program and 18 coaches. Wow. I mean, so, so you're talking about a huge organization, you know, getting it, you know, all headed in the same direction. And so it takes a lot of planning, a lot of organization and, you know, and a lot of good coaches you got to hire to, to trust a coach. And, uh, so, uh, that's, that's just a challenge within itself. And a big challenge for me is I've called offense for the last 15 years and coached the quarterbacks. And, um, and I'm not going to do that this year. I just felt like I couldn't call the offense and run this program. And so that's been a, a big change for me so far in the first four months. And so um, there's a lot of planning that goes on in a program this big and at a program that has, you know, the prestige that we have and playing in the region, in region one, you know, so you better be ready because when it kicks off, everybody's going to expect you to win here at Northside High School. Yeah, there's absolutely no question, Coach. Uh, this has been, and uh, y'all, <laughs> pedigree is is definitely what it is over there at Northside. And um, you speak about the numbers that you have. And um, for some of these people that listen, you know, over here in, in Dublin and all, you got double A and triple A, and West Lawrence walks on up there to four A. But six A is a whole other animal. I mean, you've probably got you a ninth grade squad. You've got you a JV squad. And then you've got your varsity squad. And, you know, those guys, those ninth graders probably don't dress on Friday nights at Northside. You don't have enough uniforms, you're, and the sideline ain't big enough. Right, you're <laughs> – you're, you're exactly right. Our ninth grade, they'll have anywhere between 60 and 70 players, and they'll run their own program. You know, we got seven coaches that do – all they do is coach our ninth grade. So it, it's its own mini program. I mean, they have their own practice schedule, their own routines that they go through, you know, when doing that. And varsity-wise, is 10 through 12. And uh, so it, it, it's a little different animal when you're dealing with this kind of players. You know, we've had some guys in the past, you know, say, why don't y'all play any ninth grades? And we've always said, you know, if we have to play a ninth grader, we're not real good. Yeah. <laughs> we're in, we're in really, trouble. Or yeah. that guy is super, super special. Yep. And so it's it's just a little bit different when you get into the numbers that, that, that we have. And sometimes it's hard on, on players being in a program this big just because there are some really good players that sometimes don't get to step on the field to their junior and senior year. And uh, But that's what makes our program – so good is we get to keep all those numbers and everybody kind of understands and buys into the way we do things. So, uh, but it's a massive operation. Oh yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. And, um, I tell you what, you speak about those numbers and, uh, it has to be. Um, you, you know, the level of competition, I think that's why y'all have, y'all are able to stay so competitive is, you know, if you're rolling in there and, uh, you're going to play another top tier opponent, who, whatever their offense is, your scout team, you've got enough athletes to probably replicate that. You, you know, you're not, you're not sitting there and like, oh man, we're going to have to run half line right here because we don't have enough guys, you know, like right. you probably are able to really, um, put out a good picture. Now, you know, the quantity also makes it more difficult because you got a lot of Indians to herd too. You know, it makes it it makes it a lot different. But um, do you feel like that helps you in that size of a program having that uh, have been able to get a better look with the type of athletes you're able to um, you know carry with over there? No doubt. I think the big thing is there's always competition at every position we have. There's not somebody that just you know in a lot of with the smaller programs you get, you know who, who your left tackle is going to be regardless because there's no competition. Yeah. I think in a program this side, in our numbers, 
we're able to breed competition every day. And look, on a Friday night, we're going to play about 50 kids. If you're in our two deep on both sides of the ball, you're going to play mm-hmm. on, on Friday night. We rotate a lot of kids. So that helps us stay fresh. You have the numbers and in practice, you know, we're able to have a scout offense. That's all they do. Yeah. You know, they can do that. They don't have to worry about another position or learning something else. We got a scout defense. That's all they do. And so, for us, the way we practice, we have to have a lot of numbers for us to be as good as we can be. And, look, that was a hard lesson for me to learn going to Washington Wilkes. When you're used to coaching oh, yeah. 6A with 180 kids, I go to Washington Wilkes. We got 50 total times for 12. <laughs> yeah. You're that used- was a big adjustment for me and having to try to play kids both ways. I've never done that before. Did you look around and say, here. where are the rest of the kids at? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, and I'm used to having an offense and defense and nobody ever crosses. You know, so um, it has its advantages and it has its disadvantages, too. I mean, it's a folks don't realize how big when we travel on the road. I mean, you're talking close to 200 people in your program that are making a road trip. Whew. And so that's a lot of things, that's a lot a, of moving that parts. Sure, it sure is. A lot of responsibility. I tell you what, Coach, this is Rob here. That's uh, Me and uh, Ben and I both played at Dublin. I played quarterback. Ben was offensive, defensive lineman. And then uh, we went on and played at Mercer. And you talk about 200 kids. You guys, people don't realize this, but you you have more in your high school program than we had at Mercer involved in our football program in total numbers and all. I mean, we had I think Correct. we had a little over a hundred kids in the whole on the whole roster, and we had, you know, we had twelve probably twelve or thirteen coaches, and then of course support you got GAs staff. and support yeah. staff and stuff. But you guys literally have more people moving in and out than we did at a, as a Division One AA collegiate level. So it's amazing that there's that much moving around at a high school level but you talk about your time at Washington Wilkes and you know playing at Dublin we had a bunch of our guys over half of our guys played both ways because you have to get the best players on the field at all times because that's that's just the way it is Is, you know you got to push your guys did your time at Washington Wilkes help you change a little bit of your viewpoint on you know you got your offense you got your defense when you came back to north side this last time do you ever look at players and does any of your guys um i know you've had the chance to coach some really amazing players like tobias oliver's one that's still playing at tech but do you did that help you look at a guy do you ever plug anybody in on both sides of the ball with that many guys now it has made me change my train of thought to find out okay I know we have two or three special guys that could help us in certain situations. And so that was kind of our spring. Yep. We had a plan going into spring to, to identify those guys. You know, everybody working both sides of the ball. Every, and, and the big thing of that is trying to, for terminology wise. So we're all speaking the same language, learn the offense, learn the defense and try to identify those guys that in crucial situations, can help you and so yeah it has changed a little bit and going into this year we're going to identify those guys you know who can be that guy that can help us in certain situations on both sides of the ball sitting you watch last year's state championship games on all levels you know they had players at certain times that didn't come off the field oh yeah but i think when you do that a lot though you lose the numbers that's what here our kids know at Northside, if if you'll play hard and you'll work hard, you're going to step on the field on Friday night in some kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, offense and defense, special teams, we're 50, 60 deep that's going to play on Fridays. 
But I think when you play so many kids both ways, your numbers dwindle down in your program because nobody just wants to stand around all the time. They want to be involved in the action. So I'm kind of twofold on that. I know there are guys that can help us, but I do know that fresh guy that's just playing one side of the ball and getting coached up on the sideline in between series can be really good too. And uh, that's probably in 6A ball the biggest difference for me in going to Class A was – everybody's making adjustments after every series, not at half, but every series each side of the ball has made an adjustment because they just coached up their starting 11 on the sideline while the other side of the ball was on the field. And that doesn't happen in class A and double A because so many guys are going both ways. So you can't coach them up on, on the sideline. So it's twofold in all of that. That's right, Coach, and uh, that's part of what we want to talk about tonight. Uh, this is Joe with you again. We just want to see what is it that, that is maybe you're seeing as the biggest obstacle or hurdle or hmm. thing that you're going to have to coach to as you're getting back this year with the uh, COVID restrictions that are put into place. And tell me how you're going to wrangle you know, 200-plus people and maintain the social distancing guidelines and everything that you're looking to have to do right now. You know, I take the job in January. We have a bunch of momentum. I hire these coaches. We're full tilt ahead. We're putting in some new things, and then, bam, it comes to a stop. (laughs) You know, you take two weeks to catch your breath, like, what is going on? And then you realize you're not going to see them for two months, so you had to set up a plan. You know, we had our weekly Zoom meetings, and if I have, I'm having our last one tonight, then I'm probably going to delete the Zoom app from anything I have. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, you put that plan in. The kids have done a good job, and we start Monday with groups of 20 coming in. And I guess the one thing that I've stressed to my coaches, to myself, to the players, we can only control what we can control. So I'm not worried that would I love for the whole team to show up Monday and work out? I would, but that's not the guidelines we got. So I'm not going to really stress over it. We're going to take it a day at a time but the biggest obstacle is i think for all coaches right now these kids have slept for 16 hours a day they hadn't been walking around they hadn't been doing they've been sleeping or sitting on the couch playing video games there's been some adults doing that the last uh, oh oh, yeah that's that's right and i'm telling you what i think just getting them moving get them moving (laughs) uh, you know during the day getting their mind their minds are mush too you know they hadn't been reading in school they hadn't been you know, thinking a lot. So just getting them used to moving and commands and all of that, to me, is what I think the biggest obstacle right now is because I've stressed our coaches, come Monday, it's going to be unlike any June the 8th you've ever seen in your coaching career. Mm -hmm. Yep. And those coaches that can adjust and make a plan that's a little bit different than what you've always done are going to be the ones that have a little more success and not be as rigid as you've been in the past of, you know, this is what we do in the summer. This is how we do it. Well, this is unlike anything we've done before. So you got to be flexible and have a plan and getting the kids to buy into, man, it just don't quite look like it used to because of what we just went through the last three months. That's the biggest obstacle to me that we have to overcome. And right now I'm just worried about June the 8th. I'll worry about July the 8th when July the 8th gets here. Yeah. I'm just worried about right now you know, this first phase we're in and taking this thing a day at a time. Oh, yeah. and, that, and you know what? That's really all you can do. And, um, I, you know, that's kind of what I was sitting there, you know, thinking about is, 
uh, you know, you kind of sit there and you're like, well, man, you know, they're they're not going to get a spring practice. You know, what if they their their quarterback just left out? Yep. That's no time. But I, but you know what? The the good thing is everybody's on the same level. Everybody's exactly. nobody can do it. So it's it's even for everybody as frustrating as it is. And uh, one thing that um you know here at at Dublin that I, we always had and um I you know I think it, it's going you know it'll it really can make or break a coaching career is your assistant coaches. Coach Holmes yep. has always done an incredible job of hiring. Hiring um, really, really good assistant coaches. I know from my senior year, I looked back, and about every he- assistant coach I had has now had a ch- chance to be a head coach, and that is right. extremely rare. But in times like these, you talked about filling your staff and everything. Those twenty-three years as you were coaching, you know, this whole entire yep. time, it built you for this right here. It's about how you build your staff, and if you have good assistant coaches, y'all are going to be able to really ride this wave a lot better than most. Correct. And, you know, and I, I felt like I've put as good a staff here at Northside as I possibly could to hire coaches to let them coach. And that's the one thing I can say when I became the offense coordinator here in 2010 for Coach Kinsler. The one thing I always admired about Coach is he let his coaches coach. You know, Coach Kinsler, he said, I hired you to run the offense. Now go run the offense. That's right. And let us coach. And that's what I'm trying to do with my coach. Go get the best guys I can get and let them coach ball. Not micromanage them, you know. You give them the guidelines, and then you let those guys go coach. And uh, you know, our two coordinators we're bringing in, uh, Casey Bott from Mercer. He spent 20 years in Division One football, and being able to bring him on here as our defensive coordinator has been huge. And he was able to start before all this started, so he got to meet the kids a lot and get the defense kind of started, you know, installed them a little bit, and then. Hiring Coach Shane Sams, who was the head coach at Centennial, has been the OC at Warner. And, um, you know, him coming in to coach our quarterbacks and put in a new system on offense. And for me to fire myself, I'm offensive coordinator. That's why I tell everybody, I fired my own self. So that tells you I, I had to go find the best guy possible. <laughs> and, um, you know, to lead us into a different style of football. That, you know, and so I went out and searched for the best guy that I could trust to kind of put us in a different direction offensively than what I've always run because I thought that was something we needed. And um, so those two guys, hiring those guys on has been huge for us. And, uh, you know, so I think we got a good mix. I've hired five total coaches, you know, a good mix of guys that have been here a while and a good mix of some fresh blood. And so, uh, you know, it's just to me as a head coach, you've got to go hire the best coaches you can because I don't care how good – quote, unquote, you think you are, you're only as good as those guys up under you coaching ball each day So because you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, there's no question about that at all. And I tell you, Coach Vought was uh, was there when uh, Ben and I started. And Coach Vought, yep. you have got a one heck of an, uh, a coach in, in Coach Vought. And you've got to tell him that you, you talked to the East boys tonight. So whenever the you East talk boys. to the yeah. East boys. The he, East boys from Mercer, the twins. you got to tell him because he, he was he recruited there. Us he he recruited us from Dublin when we went up there to Mercer well, with, well, with Coach Lamb. Tonight, we have a team Zoom meeting, and I am going to tell him that. you got and, to. Uh, look, you tell him. And, and hiring, not only is he a great football coach, Coach Vaught is a great human being. Wonderful he is. person. That's what I was 
trying. And when he kind of with this talk started talking about hiring, I was like, Coach Bart, are you serious? And when he let me know he was serious, I went full speed ahead and kind of made it where he couldn't say no. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> That's right. You got you got you a good coach with him. It's funny because I was uh, I punted and held at Mercer. I did special teams, but I was the uh, I went up there as a quarterback, and then we ended up going spread gun. Of course, you know we ran the wing tee at Dublin, right. so I ended up moving to punter. I was able to start there and hold and everything, but I was the signal guy for the quarterback because I was in the quarterback room from the start. So I would gotcha. signal for Coach Vaught and Coach Lamb <laughs> when the play would come in, and then on third down I'd have somebody hold my helmet, and then I'd go out there on fourth down and punt. So I spent a lot of I spent a lot of time. That's good stuff. It is, man. So I spent a lot of time with Coach Lamb and Coach Vaught and all me- me- messing with signs and all sorts of stuff. So that, you got you definitely a quality guy in that. Hey, there's one word that you're going to hear a ton, so you might as well strap in. It's going to be again. Again. <laughs> again. 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 He makes him do it over and over again. Just wait. Again. He'll do it in a meeting. He'll be sitting there and he'll do it again. All right, you know, and he gets, so, so if you want to know something about Coach Vaughn, if you if you've never heard, if you, you better get used to that word again, again. <laughs> you know now, the next time we have our face, that's all you're going to think about. I know, I'm going to be on it. Look, no. I'm going to keep me a pencil and I'm going to make a tick mark every time. Tally again, yeah. <laughs> well, Tally Coach Alligood, I'm going to give you another thing to think about now. It's just going to be like Rain Man. It's going to be yeah, it's again, yeah, it's again every time you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got that. You, uh, you, you can thank the aggravating East boys for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> Coach Alligood, the head coach here at Northside, Warner Robbins, uh, on with us tonight talking. We appreciate you being on again with us, Coach. And uh, we've got just about two minutes left now yes, sir. Uh, before we get to Coach Roger Holmes coming up after the break. Uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, tell the Eagle Nation out there, anything you want to share with Warner Robbins and everybody listening in tonight? Well, just what we're excited about, you know, this upcoming season, Northside has so much tradition, you know, here that was established long before me. And and I've told everybody, this is Northside's community's football program. You know, I just happen to be the lucky one to have the keys to it right now. And uh, I know how much the end means to our community. And, uh, you know, I just want to make them proud and, and, and to know that, you know, we're, we're working as hard as we can work up under the circumstances we have. But, uh, you know, we're going to do our best to have the guys ready to go and put a product on the field that Eagle Nation can be proud of, and we're going to do it the right way. There'll be no shortcuts. We'll work hard, and, uh, you know, hopefully we get the results that everybody at Northside is used to. And, um, you know, we're just going to do this thing one day at a time and be as good as we possibly can be. All right, Coach. Well, with that, we certainly appreciate you being on with us tonight and talking about what you got coming up this year. Thank you, guys. And I'm definitely going to mention the East boys to uh, Coach Fox yeah. just a second. Get him. Do it. Get him. Hey, we'll be in touch during football season and catch in with you, man. We want to gotcha. keep Y'all keep call me in. anytime. We'll yes, do it, Thank brother. you for what y'all do. Yes, Thank sir. you, Be coach. good, man. Okay, bye-bye. All right, Coach Alligood there. How about that little connection to these hey, brothers? Man, I'm not telling fun. you, man, that's some good stuff. I, it, I'm not kidding. It would be, again, uh, again, again, over and over in, in a meeting room. It, I mean, it was all the time. It just, uh, I mean, it just kept on running. But awesome. they got a good one, Coach Vault. Good deal. All right, we'll be right back with Coach Roger Holmes right after this. Middle Georgia's number one choice for community and collegiate sports. The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show will be right back. 
Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign and Warner Robbins. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 470 278-275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Uh, uh, Death Valley is now on the bucket list if it wasn't already. Yes. You sold us. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime you want to take us, Chris, we'll be happy to go. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I promise you this. You guys let me know if you want to take in a game and we'll roll out the purple carpet. It's too bad you missed the Georgia thrashing last season. <laughs> we will do that. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers! This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. Back on your Rob Ben and Joe show here talking high school football tonight and having a great time with uh, Coach Chad Alligood there from Warner Robins, the uh, Northside Eagles, talking about that big uh, Region 1 6A program they got to handle up there as we come back from COVID this fall. Guys, that's a challenge, isn't it? I, I tell you what, man, he's got uh, he's got his hands full, as does any <clears throat> as does any football coach right now. You know, I like the element he was talking about. We're trying to get these kids off the couch. you got all the Fortniters and Call of Duty players and everything else, and they're just kind of chilling at home. They've been doing school at home, and they've been gaming at home. So that's right. Trying to get those guys up and moving, you know. It's going gonna to be a little bit of uh, a little bit of whipping action, I think, happening in the next few weeks. Absolutely, and uh, we've got a coach we all know very well here on the phone with us to talk about what it's going to be like uh, in not a 6A program, but now a single-A program here with the Dublin Fighting Irish. We have on the phone 2019 AA State Champion Coach Roger Holmes with us. Coach, how you doing? Doing good, man. Good to hear from you. Oh, yes, sir. It's good to say state champion, by the way, every time we introduce you now. <laughs> you know, we get to say that because we were there this time. That's cool. <laughs> We're just looking forward to a chance to go give these young men their rings and, and celebrate that. And 
kind of put it to bed. And I think we've got a date set. Nothing goes wrong. We're going to do a little ceremony at our stadium on July the 17th, and we're going to do it at 8.30, I think, in the morning before it gets hot. And uh, then they're going to graduate in our stadium on 18th of July. So looking forward to that coming about, man. Coach, uh, this is Rob here. I'm excited for you guys to be able to, you know, give the rings out and everybody kind of put that over and turn the page. And talking about turning the page, it's it's kind of turned now from the the dead time, and you finally get to get some guys back in the weight room and trying to get ready for next season. So, Coach, if you would, tell our listeners a little bit um, about how this process looks starting next week with you getting some players in there and how the groups are going to go and what the GHSA says you can and can't do and how much planning's been involved and what that's going to look like this summer as opposed to the, the past. Well, guys, I will have to be the first one to admit probably been more planning going into this upcoming uh new phase, I guess, of what we're trying to get accomplished in this. Our superintendent, Dr. Fred Williams, along with all of us, but through his leadership, uh, we have tried to make sure that we have dotted every I, we've crossed every T, and number one, making sure that the safety is the number one priority. Uh, you know, one of the questions was asked when we sat down and we even just started trying to look at plans was should we have workouts if they're voluntary uh, for the fear of the COVID-19 and and my first response to that man was number one football is part of an educational process you know I looked out or saw online the other day where they're giving different counties a grade Somehow they're following this by technology on phones, and the grade was about social distancing. And Lawrence County itself was one of the counties that got an F on the social distancing. Eesh. Well, when, we, when we're able to bring our young people in, and we're not going to get to start on Monday, we'll put our plan together, and now we want to present it to a board of which uh, their board meeting is Monday night. So they're going to have an opportunity to look over all of our plans and, and see if we've overlooked anything. And then when they give us our blessing, we intend to get going. So it really looks like for us we're going to start on the 10th, uh, which would be a Wednesday, and we'll get a Wednesday, Thursday in. And there's going to be a lot of process, a lot of issues that you're dealing with more than anything, man is the social distancing issue. Uh, for example, you don't think, well, yes, we got groups of 20. But on top of 20, we're only able to get 11 student athletes on a bus. So now you've got to have multiple bus routes. You've got to have multiple schedules to have them broke down in the groups. And that group of 20 also includes the coaches. Wow. And those groups of 20 also have to stay in that same group as long as we are grouped and we're under the 20 mandate. Uh, so what we've done to keep, to kind of help with our coaches so they're not there from seven in the morning until five every evening 
is we're going to run three groups, which will be our 10th, 11th, and 12th graders through the high school wake run. We're going to take all of our incoming ninth graders, who Bob and uh, Rob and Ben both know very, very well, who played for those guys. Those guys coached them last year, and it's an excellent group. We've actually set up a weight room for them across town at our junior high. Awesome. Uh, the so we'll have two groups that are lifting over at the middle school. So now when you deal with that and you get them to school, you know, Georgia High School now wants to, there's uh, four questions we have to ask, and we, we've got to check their temperatures. And then you've got to have an isolation room if a young person has a fever or answers one of the questions that, that lead to the possibilities. Then you work them into the weight room, and uh, then you've got a substance. And after every kid does a lift on the bar, he's got to wash the bar down with soap and water uh, before the next kid has the opportunity to touch the bar. When they leave the facility, uh, excuse me, we will take them straight out of the weight room onto the practice field, and we'll do some conditioning. And they'll leave there and go straight and get on the bus. In the meantime, while that's going on, the coaches that were in the weight room are now sanitizing <clears throat> and cleaning the weight room before we bring the next group in. So wow, it, it is a major uh, force to get this done. <clears throat> but going back to it being educational, if our young people see that us coaches are social, we're washing our hands, we're using the hand sanitizers, we're doing everything that we can to be safe, to give us the opportunity to still play the game of football when the time for the season to get here. You know, we get a big, huge uprise in these numbers, and it'll be shut back down. Now, for me, from day one, my my biggest concerns are what do you do once the season starts and one or two kids on your team test positive and everybody else has been around them. And it's, and it's game week. You know, you may have to forfeit a game or who you're supposed to go play. They may have it and they have to forfeit a game. Uh, so getting through the season smoothly is has got some high hurdles, I think, that everybody across the state, uh, coaching wise, is very concerned about. I, and I can definitely see that, Coach. Um, and, and I mean, tell me, you know, I mean, back when me and Rob were there, you know, doing doing all those type of workouts and everything. I mean, we were, you know, right on top of each other. There was sixty or seventy of us in there at one time, you know, and there there wasn't any bar sanitizing. Go, you know, you're going from the power clean, you go into the front squat push press, then you go into you know benching, and that's just the the old school train of thought. Well, that you know, in order to kind of, I guess eliminate a lot of um, kind of disruption in the weight room in order to at least be able to get your kids to have a nice structured workout and build their endurance and really get them building. Would you keep them on one station, you know, or let that kid take one bar with him? You know, I mean, if that bar can tra- – that way he's not having to sanitize. I guess it's just going to be so polar opposite. You're not going to have three guys on one platform. You know, you're going to have one guy using that one platform, and then when he gets done, he's through. Is that is that kind of how you all – I mean, I know you're a, you're a super well, planner. So that's – we looked at 
one kid per bar, but now you start getting into your safety issues because you need a spotter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we are going to go with three kids per bar. Now, our kids will be required to wear masks while they're in the weight room. And as I said, if Rob East was doing bench, Coach Holmes and, and uh, Ben were spotting him, we would we would maintain our six-feet distance. But if he needed help, then we would have to step in and, and side spot. You're not going to be able to spot, for example, on bench, one person right above the guy who's doing the bench. You right. have to spot. And, and Georgia High School recognized the fear of uh, not having spotters. And, you know, and, and it was <clears throat> basically we want you to social distance at, a, at all opportunities, but in the event of needing a spotter, and there's no way. The bar is six feet long. You know, if we had one kid per bar, that would be no issue because the bars themselves are six feet. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the space in between each rack. If for one player per bar, we would be social distance without question. The problem is, it's the safety issue. You don't want a kid to get hurt. Now, the next thing, and, and you guys have played for me, so you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we, we, we do what we do, and we don't vary from it. Well, this this is going to cause quite a bit of variation from what our normal uh, summer plan has always been and what we've used to get ready for the season. Absolutely. But everybody else is forcing, forced with it. You know, uh, there there's word coming down. Georgia High School has, has kind of made this clear. And I think I even heard some places yesterday uh, on a couple of news outlets, it's the CDC, and it may go into effect tomorrow. Uh, they're looking at raising the minimum limits and going up to 50. Well, Coach, that's uh, – I'm sorry to interrupt you there. One of the things I was going to ask you was do you – how long do you foresee these guidelines that you're having to – plan to right now stay in place before they start to release and release uh, the ability for you to increase those numbers. I mean, what is the stage of, of, of or phase of planning that you're having to go through to to meet that release or opening up of what the GHS is saying you can do? Uh Explain that to me, what you're asking. Well, it, kind of going right into what you're saying there, Coach, there's yeah. there's talk about the fact they may increase the number to 50 where you can have them together there in a group. I mean, right. it's like you're having to build a plan how many times over before you get to a, yeah. a natural kind of flow. How many? How are you dealing with that process? Well, what I have, I have already begun my process of coming up with our plan if we go to 50 people. Okay, and that, and essentially what that means is I would try to get most 90% of my varsity players there in one group. Mm-hmm. So, and, and right now our plan is with obviously all we can do is lift and condition, our workouts will be hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Our normal time for our kids has always been we're at the school for three hours. Absolutely whether it be weight room, on the field, going through assignments, working on seven-on-seven, seven, whatever it had to be doing. Now, 
once we get to that 50, then we have to get on the field. Okay, we've got to we've got to be able to teach. Still, I don't know if we'll be able to use the ball, but there's a lot of things that can be taught and a lot of things that can be done. Uh, we're behind, you know, and uh, there's beauty and there and there's non-beauty. The our older kids, the ones that uh, have some experience, they'll catch up pretty quick. But what we do at Dublin is not the most simple thing in the world. It's it's you've got to be a football team and every moving part has got to fit together to be successful. But, uh, so we've got to do a great job of teaching as we move forward. And I'm concerned because you guys know we had a single dominate. We had a lot of uh, experienced players. Well, we lost a lot of those kids. You know, we lost every, we lost every starter on offense but one. And spring practice for us would have been invaluable to evaluate the kids coming back. And uh, so that that part is a negative. The beauty of it is, is the two kids that play quarterback for us both come back. And anytime you've got a returner at quarterback, uh, things tend to move a little bit quicker. Yeah, especially in the wing tee in our offense, it definitely makes it a little bit easier for a guy that knows the terminology, knows the footworks, knows how to handle the ball. But you talk about not being able to handle the football, and that just seems extremely hard to kind of move forward because I'm thinking about it from the quarterback's perspective. You know, the whole thing you do, everything that you're going to do within the course of a game, you touch the ball every single play. There's not a play you don't touch it when you're on the field. So, especially in our offense where you're turning, there's option game, the read, the mesh. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that not only, you know, Dublin's going to face, but Northside, Buford, everybody across the state and the country are not going to be able to use a football to get this. So there's going to be a big, a big challenge across the board, you know, without being able to play with the ball. So when do you think they're going to allow the football to be, you know, come about? I mean, I, I just don't understand why. I, I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but you know, when it's 98 degrees, there's a lot of, it's kind of hard for something to live on a ball that's getting pegged by the sun. So I mean, you know, When's the ball going to be able to be uh, back involved? Well, you've hit you you've hit the nail on the head, and this is the biggest of everything, man. And for everybody involved in whatever we're doing, we don't have answers. Everything is speculation. Mm-hmm. Now, I have I have been told that when these limits raise to fifty, Georgia High School will raise fifty. And at that point, in we be able to start using the football. So, so they have said in their correspondence that changes will be coming down as changes through the CDC, and they will come to us rapidly. But they have told coaches to prepare at least for week one that we will be following the guidelines that they opened up with originally. Yeah, well, it basically sounds like you're just going to have to – it's an extremely fluid situation just to have a bunch of plans in place when they get there and you're ready to go. But kind of turning the page a little bit, you talk about losing, you know, the majority of the starters. So 
going forward for our listeners, kind of give us a little bit of an outlook on, on when you get your guys in there. You know, the quarterback position, you got two returners basically um, coming back. But but tell us a little bit about, you know, who you got coming up that's going to fill the holes of, of, of that offensive line that was so good and, and Donut and the other guys. Tell us a little bit about some guys that are coming up. Well, guys, I think the first person that I look at, and I think he's got a great opportunity to do some, to show his skills, uh, is Josh Isaac. I think Josh Isaac is a pretty darn good fullback mm-hmm. and would have played for a lot of people last year, but he was behind Jaquez Evans. Yep. You know, so we, we've seen flashes of Josh at fullback and he's going to, he's going to be tough to handle. Uh, we, a young man, we think going to, Move into the backfield. I think that some good things can happen from him and Quay Ashley. I really think Quay Ashley has an opportunity to do some of the things that Marcus Adams was able to do for us. Uh, we think Jaquari and Monday. Uh, one of the guys we've got on our team, we think Jaquari and Monday has a chance to, to come out and, and make some some big plays for us. Gabe Guy uh, have a great year. We think JT Rock is a young man that on our of last year made a, a tremendous play in the skill position. Uh, hey, Coach, also- I, I hate to interrupt you there real quick, but uh, we, we're cutting out a lot with your signal. Uh, um, I just want <laughs> didn't know if, if there was somewhere uh, you were. Uh, I'm just in my house. I had that problem earlier today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was standing out on a practice field. <laughs> so I don't know uh, what to what to tell you. So okay. What, that sounds good there, though. That's yeah, you're better. good. Right yeah, now. that's better. Well, I, I picked it up. I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take it off speaker and see if that helps some. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, we think David Folsom. We're looking for some big things from Folsom. We think he can do a great job at wide receiver. Uh, you know, the, um, are we clear? Yes, sir. You're good. good. All right. I'm sorry about that. Now the, uh, our offensive line guys is where we've got a lot, a lot, a lot of question marks and spring practice could open those question marks up for us. But, uh, you know, we're looking for Montavious Tompkins, uh, Darius, uh, Stanley, we think he can do a great job for us. Steven Slaughter, uh, you know, your offense opens the door for you there at offensive guard. And we've got Nathan Gregory, uh, Desmond Gilbert, Tyreek Wilburn. Uh, those are three young men that we know have got a chance to Daniel Ford. And, you know, we're, we're looking at maybe moving a player or two around to see if we can increase some depth in some areas. We think we've got a good nucleus to work with. We just got to get on the field and get after it. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. And you talk about the uh, the offensive line. You know, you're rattling through some of those names, and um, you know we we were so accustomed to hearing the same names up there on that offensive line for the last you know two or three years. That you know Jalen Carter and um, you know just Big some stuck. of those. Yeah, you, you have a lot of those same a lot of that continuity. And having played offensive line, you know I. I started in the ninth grade, played tight end, moved all the way down to tackle, and I knew what everybody was doing. Y'all put me at center for a spring practice. Yeah, <laughs> did that. 
And so, you know, the offense, everybody else, you know, the running backs are going to realize what to do on, you know, 44 wide double or, you know, 40, you know, buck 42 special. They can get that. But the offensive line is the most important thing in the wing T offense that's going to have to happen. And I feel for you, coach, because those, those rules were rule based. Uh, defenses now are more complex. You're seeing a lot, you know, a lot of more, a lot more odd fronts that, that don't look like a traditional 50 anymore. You got stand up linebackers and stuff like that. Makes it a lot harder for those offensive line, uh, offensive linemen to pick up on that. So I know, uh, Coach Mo and Coach Pope are going to be probably, you know, sweating it a little bit in those guard tracks. It, it takes you a little bit of time to get that stuff down. Well, there's no question about that. And, and, uh, you know, we, that's why spring practice was such tough thing to give up, you know, and that's why not being able to get all of our kids in at one time uh, is so very tough for us right now. Uh, and it's just because of our inexperience. If this would have been last year's football team coming in, no problem. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think we were behind at all. Yeah. You know, well, we would have been behind at quarterback, you know, cause neither one of those two young men right. had been in the fire. So, it's we've got our challenges, but at the end of the day, so does everybody else, sure. you know. And I and I, I try to think always is that glass is half full. And I and I talked with our coaches, and I reminded them there was a story that uh, I got hired in Dublin, Georgia, I guess almost nineteen eighteen years ago now, and I didn't I was not hired till the last week of June. And everybody else had had spring practice. I think Dublin did three days of spring practice and their coach left. So they didn't get a spring practice. Uh, very little had gone on the whole month of June at the facility. Uh, we brought the kids in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, the last week of June. We didn't lift a weight and we didn't run a sprint. All we did was teach offense, defense, and kicking game because we had to change it all. Mm-hmm. The next week was the dead week, and we were gone. That football team went 14-1 and one and played for a state championship, and they did not have spring practice, and they did not have a good June. And nobody other than myself had a clue about what we were going to do until we got there. So at least now – Nobody else has had spring practice, and nobody else has done it. <laughs> so, hey, let's let's put the glass half full and let's go to work. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I think coaches do best is they adapt. Yes, right. You, know, you have to adapt at halftime. You have to adapt on Wednesday when a player goes down in practice. You know, you've got to adapt, and, and you can't let it uh, – stress you to the point that you can't be successful and you just line up and and you figure out a way to get the job done yeah absolutely coach you you are uh you were in that category of one of the best adaptive coaches um i would definitely say in the country and that's a key to your success because it's a complete moving target especially the way the games change so much now with the video on the sidelines in between series and everything else the adjustments just keep getting bigger and bigger and you you know i know that you'll uh you'll be able to adjust and get our guys ready to play and you talk about another type of little bit of adjustment here you know we're going into a, a different classification this year. You know, when we play ball this year, it's going to be different. You're not going to have your typical 
Dodge County matchups and, and some of those guys that we're accustomed in this area at Dublin to having on the schedule and playing every year. Um, so it's, it's a lot different. Tell our listeners a little bit about how the single A is going to go um, with some of our scheduling, and it's just going to be a little bit of a different uh, different ball game this year for us. Well, there's no question about that, guys. And, and you know, now we did keep Dodge County on our schedule. That's who we're going to open with. Uh, then we have uh, Northeast out of Macon is our own is our other non-region game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to scrimmage Swainsboro. It was supposed to have been in the spring, and we think Georgia High School is going to allow everybody to have two scrimmages now. Oh, good. And if that's the case, we're going to scrimmage Swainsboro, which is Dublin's other longest-running opponent, uh-huh. yep. along with Dodge County. Uh, we're going to uh, Northeast. They didn't – all the making schools hooked up, and they kind of got left holding the bag and, and – uh, they're a solid football team. They're ninth grade football team last year, won the city championship by 35 points. Wow. So they've got a great group coming back. And uh, so that's our second non-region game. And then, you know, our region is going to be, uh, it's going to be up for grabs. Uh, I really believe that you've got Telfair County, which I, all indications are they've been a really good football team. Uh, the last two years, they they had Blakely County beat last year and lost it right at the end. Uh, Wilcox County, in my understanding, has a lot of football players returning. Dooley County, I, I always think about uh, WMAZ with Marvin. On there. Marvin James <laughs> Dooley. Yeah, Marvin talking about Dooley <laughs> because those folks love their football, uh-huh. you know, and that will be a hostile environment. There's no doubt. Now the group that uh, we're probably more familiar with and know a lot about are the guys over in Johnson County. Sure. And all indications are they had two freshman running backs over there last year. They were year. pretty good last year. A thousand yard that rushers, were, I think, man. Yes, mm-hmm. that were really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think that that will be obviously a great rivalry game. The few years that we played them, yep. great crowds and and those type things. Uh, then we've got uh, Trutland County, Montgomery County, Wheeler County. Don't know a lot about those places. Now, you know, it, it will be interesting. I think it will be competitive. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, part of the, you know, people look around and they say, well, gosh, y'all, y'all go dominate single A. Well, that's, mm-hmm. and the reality of it is, guys, uh, Dublin is a single A school now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is what it is. There's uh, less than 500 students. At Dublin High School, it's not like uh, we're for some reason we should be playing in the middle of Double A by our numbers, but we're playing in Single A. I mean, we are a Single A school. Uh, there are classifications for a reason, and at the end of the day, I'm going to miss going over and playing at the House of Pain. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm going to miss the rivalry game that we had at Blackley County. That's right. You know, some of our some of our old time foes that we've had forever. Uh guys, I'm gonna miss those games. You know, I'm gonna miss playing uh East Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, it's 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 a big game. And at the end of the day, I'm sure we'll develop some new rivalries. 
with these other schools, I can tell you that they are, they're lined up and waiting and they sure want to be the ones to, uh, put it on Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anybody <laughs> has a target on our, uh, on its back, coach, it would be, uh, it would be us. Yeah. I have, we have people come in the store all the time and they talk about, oh, Dublin's going to single A, you know, they're just going, you know, take care of business. And I know that's a tough league and on that. Oh, we really want to get a piece of Dublin. I said, well, we'll be ready. You just wait. Y'all going to get your chance. Y'all going to get your chance. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's okay, but I'm on just like you are. I'm looking forward to the new challenge. But I mean, some of those classic rivalries. I mean, I grew up on. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to go play there so bad. The the dot, like you know, we're gonna get to play Dodge, but Blakely, you know, East Lawrence, Blakely County. You know I what? Mean, one of the things, fellas, I'm not gonna miss in that Blakely County rivalry there. Not gonna miss that press, press box. You know, guys, and I'm um, in, in all seriousness. Uh, one of one of my concerns is our facilities. Oh sure. yeah. Oh yes, yeah, sir. I mean, you think the press box was not very good at Blakely <laughs> yeah. County? What do you get to Montgomery? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, there might not be a press. We've box. had that conversation. Giving me nightmares, and, coach. <laughs> well, uh, guys, I'm not. And, and listen, you know, somebody listen to that and think I'm downgrading Montgomery no. County. No, sir. I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just. Uh, Facilities in a lot of places are smaller and they're not as, 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 uh, large in the press box areas and, and some of those type locker rooms. All of those things will be, uh, in some places not at the level that our kids have been going into from week to week, but that's fine. You know, there's the Brooks County. They're going down to single A, mm-hmm. Clinch County. We all know what Clinch has been forever. <laughs> Uh, you've got Charlton County. Yep. You've got Irwin County. You've got several of the schools up north that are consistently year in and year out. Very dominant football teams. Uh, trust me. There, we, we will have all the competition we want. Uh, especially as we get into if we're good enough and we make the playoffs. Because there are some very, very, very <laughs> tremendous football programs. Really good. I'll tell you this, Coach. We have a good friend that's been on our show with us here who uh, had the pleasure of calling a, a championship game this year. It was a national championship game. But Chris Blair with LSU was talking to us earlier this year. And he said, right. fellas, you've never called a football game until you've called one from the tailgate of an F-150. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready. Get ready. <laughs> you may have that opportunity before the season is over. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, well, Coach, as long as we're winning, we can deal with a lot. Hey, Coach, <laughs> hey, coach you, you know. You're a really good adaptive guy, but we're pretty adaptive. We're pretty as well. good too. Uh, hey, I know how good you are. No question about that. But, honey, hush, uh, honey hush. You know, I, I hate it that you're trying to put the pressure on me to make y'all be able to do a good job. Oh, no, hey, coach, hey, coach, that's one nice thing about radio. We can paint a nice picture without posting. <laughs> oh Lord, and, and you know. I think the other thing that, that really concerning everyone right now is the fact of, are you going to be able to have fans? That's oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we still don't have the answer to that. I think we will. Uh, I believe that, that we'll have that opportunity is with the way things are moving at this time. But, you know, man, it takes, it takes a lot of money 
to run a football program. Absolutely. And when we look around, our you know our school system, our, and and ours is set up like everybody else. Uh, football and basketball are going to bring in eighty five percent of the money that you need. Uh, our gate receipts, the percentage that football gets from the gate receipts is is not enough to run our program and do the things that that need to be done to run a first class program. So you've got to rely on your community support. That's right. Uh, well, man, I don't feel good about going to businesses that have been closed due to the pandemic mm-hmm. and have already had their their bottom bottom line and their business kind of destroyed. And now you're asking them to donate to your program. And I'm sure we've got many of our Dublin fans out there that you don't even have to go ask. They come to you to help. Oh, yeah. But it's uh, at times, you know, it's 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 the financial end of maintaining the level on your program is going to be tough. And it's going to be tough for a while. I don't see it. You know, you guys are in the business world and 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 probably advertising in the radio business has probably cut back some. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. people weren't the doors weren't open. You know, why advertise if nobody can come? So uh, I'm concerned from the financial end. Uh, the expense is going up. Uh, do you guys have any idea what hand sanitizers costing now? Oh, it, well, it's all it's all high. We had to uh, get some specially specially shipped in there. You know, what I mean, it's uh, yeah. it, it, I mean per bottle. But I will say this: talking to a bunch of different folks, coach, everybody wants football back. Football is a morale booster for society. It's a morale booster for everybody. Everybody rallies around football, and I think it's going to come back. I, I really do. I think it's going to come back, and I think people are going to get behind it. And oh, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be tough. And I see where you're coming from, um, and it's definitely mindful. You know, be mindful of, of that and everything. But I think you'll be surprised. People are going to really want to try to you know turn it around. Those that can, I think, will will really chip in to try to make that thing work for your. I mean, for for Dublin High School and everybody else to get oh, community yeah. sports back. And oh going. yeah, it, it makes the engine go round. We were talking. To Coach, uh, 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 we were talking to Chuck Dowdle a couple of weeks ago and Jeff Dantzler uh, with the University of Georgia, and that's exactly what Coach uh, uh, Jeff Dantzler and Co- uh, Chuck Dowdle were saying, Coach, was, you know what, it, the engine is there and, and people want to uh, to turn it on. So I, I feel like we're going to have that. Well, I, I, I think we will, you know, I'm, I, but in the back of your mind. Oh yeah, you know that's that's. I guess the whole conversation we've had here tonight is is the tough thing is the unknown. Yep. And and you can't let you can't let the unknown consume you to the point that you can't be productive with what you do know. That's it. That's right. Well, Coach, we're going to have to leave it right there. We are out of time, but we certainly do appreciate you being on the air with us here tonight. And uh, thank you so much for for spending the time to talk about all those man oh man I never even thought about the fact you can't even play with a football right now <laughs> <laughs> that makes life tough coach <laughs> we'll be alright hey we can still line up and make them walk to who they were supposed to block they can block that guy on there that's exactly right there you go hey, lead, lead loaded we, in we've bullets. had to block Casper before so. <laughs> and, right. uh, man I appreciate y'all letting me be on with you if you ever need anything just let me know you yes sir thank, thank you coach you. All right, thank you, Coach. Hey, man.
Bye-bye. Coach Roger Holmes there of the Dublin Fighting Irish, uh, double-A 2019 state champion Fighting Irish. And he's got a lot of obstacles. So does everybody else. We'll see how it rolls out, fellas. Yep. i tell you what. If you want to come, if you want to find a guy that's got the answers, Coach Holmes has got, got the answers. Or, and it, he's, he's researched more than anybody. He knows all the rules. He can rattle it off. And uh, that's great information, and everybody's got to try to do what they can that's to overcome. That's why winning's consistent. That's right. Next week we'll have on the head coach from uh, Georgia Southern talking with us as well. So uh, you don't want to miss that. We have Coach Lunchford on here to tell us exactly what's going on in the college scene. So stick with us. That's next week here on your Robin and Joe show. Until then, y'all have a good night. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music.